Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter number 12. We'd like to read the first three verses of the chapter, verses 1 through 3. And since we only have three verses, we're going to read in unison as opposed to responsibly this morning. That's Hebrews chapter 12, and verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> and reading together... In unison, ready, begin. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. May God have a blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, on this first Sunday of 2021, on this fresh start day, Lord, take your word, your 2,000-year-old word of God here, and speak again fresh and anew to our hearts, and we'll thank you for what you're going to do. Pray for our children and our teens and, Lord, the kids downstairs, Lord, and speak to their hearts, speak to every adult heart as well. May it be said by all that it was good to hear the preaching of the word of God this morning. We'll thank you for it. May you be exalted, Lord Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, thank you, brother and sister Howard. I didn't know you were going to do that. They, they, that was the theme song to my most favorite of all time Hollywood movie, Chariots of Fire, of course. And uh, some of you know the story. A lot of you don't. But it's the story of Eric Little, of course, the gold medal winner of uh, 1920 Olympics, I believe it was. And, of course, he would die in the mission field serving the Lord Jesus Christ in the country of China. And uh, our own uh, Arlen and uh, Audrey Horton have been here before. Audrey Horton was in the World War II prison camp with, and her, and her athletic director was none other than Eric Little, of course, who died in uh, that communist prison camp, of course, uh, in World War Number World War II. That's a perfect song for the message. It goes along perfectly with our text, of course. Thank you so much for that. That was so great. I really appreciate that. And uh, take our Bibles and turn again to Hebrews chapter 12. Our key verse for the morning, our key verse for the year. For 35 years, I've picked a theme verse for the each year and uh, a theme for the, the calendar year, of course, of the coming year, and our theme is found in the first three words of verse number two of Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Great, great three words, of course, is our theme for 2021. It's our theme, should be our theme for every day, as we're going to notice here in a few moments here. But before I begin, I just want to say again, I, I like fresh starts. I thank God for a, a new year. We were reminded of... Uh, on Wednesday night, my wife told me on, on Wednesday after the service, last service of the year, she says, Marty, you got to quit being so negative. And uh, you were negative from the pulpit and uh, talking about how bad the year was and so forth. And I didn't tell her, and now I'm confessing. She, I didn't say a word as she was preaching at me. And I don't believe in women preachers, but she did a great job preaching at me, I have to tell you. And uh, I, didn't, I hate to give her credit, but i got to give credit where credit is due. She spoke to my heart louder than you have any idea, of course, and... Uh, in regards to the coming year and so forth. And there's a lot of things to be negative about if you look at the negativity, for sure. It's all around us. 
I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. It might bring much of the same. I don't know. In fact, it probably will, I suppose. But our text is a 2,000-year-old text. It's on the heels of chapter 12, in case you didn't know it. It's on the heels of chapter 11, which is a Hebrews Hall of Faith. And if you just glance back in your Bible and way of introduction, preface to the message, the Hall of Faith chapter in about one minute's flat time, Verse number four, we see, of course, that phrase over and over and over again in every verse, almost every verse, by faith. We see by faith Abel. We see the, the Hebrews, the hall of faith in chapter 11 of Hebrews. We see Abel lived by faith. And we see that Enoch lived by, walked by faith and he was not for God took him. He lived to be 365 years of age and God took him home to heaven. Then we read about by faith Noah. Then by faith he built an ark to the saving of his house, of course. Then we see by faith Abraham, and the patriarch of Israel, of course, and the great granddaddy, and his wife Sarah, who laughed at the thought of having a child in her old age, but she bore Isaac. Isaac means laughter, and by faith Isaac. Later on in the chapter, by faith Jacob, who becomes Israel. By faith Joseph, and by faith Moses. And then Rahab, the harlot, is in the this Hebrews Hall of Faith, of all things. He hid the two spies. By faith, Gideon, and Gideon's 300, and uh, overthrew the, 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 the armies of the Syrians and Ammonites and the Moabites. And the, 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 by faith, Samson, through a thousand with the jawbone of an ass. And then by faith, Jephthah. By faith, David. By faith, Samuel. And verse 35 will suffice in our 32nd dialogue of Hebrews Hall of Faith chapter. The Bible says, women received their dead we raised to life again, and others. There's a whole lot of others in that others there. Could be a whole message right there this morning here as we consider the Hebrews Hall of Faith. And uh, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. We might have to walk a long time for Moses 40 years and another 40 years and another 40 years for Noah 120 years as he built the ark and and we could talk about Enoch and Jacob and long times and Joseph in prison and so forth and David, the man of God. And they all encompass the so great a cloud of witnesses, verse number one of our text, Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I used to think for many, many years that the, the witnesses, the, the saints that have gone on by in days gone past, they mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, that they're looking down through the portals of heaven and they, they see our race. Now that, I suppose it could be, but I don't think so. Because if they look down on the portals of heaven, I don't know about you, but if I was in heaven and I looked down on earth, I'd get discouraged real fast. There's no discouragement in heaven. It's not that they look down and there's a great crowd of witnesses like the spectators in the sands that are watching us. But no, no, it's the other way around. We witness, we testify of them. They witness in our hearts and lives, and we, we now, they ran their race already of faith. We now must run our race of faith, must run the, fight the good fight of faith, and lay hold on eternal life. And notice verse number one, it says, We therefore, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, it's you and I, lay aside every weight, remove the hindrances, lay aside the weight, there's You've heard this phrase, and it's so true. The good is the enemy of the best. There's a lot of good things that are not sins in our life, but they're weights in our lives. There's a lot of good, good in life that will just keep you from doing the best in your life. Family is good. 
jobs are good. Uh, freedom is good. There's a lot of good things in our life and a lot of pursuits in life. Vacations are good. Nothing wrong with those things that I just mentioned, of course, but they might be the enemy of the best. God says, let us lay aside this. So now it's our turn to run the race. It's time to put off and lay aside those things that so, just so easily beset us. Lay aside every weight, the hindrances, that uh, remove the hindrances in your life. But then it says, lay aside every weight and the sin. Notice what it says, which doth so easily, the key word being easily, beset us. Oh, how we're prone to wander. Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. We're to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We're abstain from the earthly pleasures of this world. And there are sin that has pleasures. The Bible says in fact, chapter 11, verse 25, there's pleasures of sin for a season. That's why people love to drink, because there's pleasure in that. That's why people do drugs, because there's pleasure, the temporal pleasure in drugs. That's why uh, there's sexual immorality and so forth, because in the short term, there's, there's pleasure in those things. There's pleasure in sin, but they, at the last, Proverbs says, it biteth like a serpent and stinketh like an adder. And so, let us, now that we're running our race, consider the greater cloud of witnesses that ran before us, let us lay aside every weight, the, the, the good is the enemy of the best, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us endure the, the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ and not fall into sin and temptation. And let us, let us, it's our turn, run with, oh, I don't like the next word. What's the next word? Help me out. Patience. You know what Romans 5 says, works patience, right? Tribulation worketh patience. And let patience have a perfect work, James says. And uh, we don't like to be in tried and endure temptation and, and be patient. But God's called us to be patient in this present evil world, the situation that we're in. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now we get to our text, verse number two. Looking unto Jesus. Today's question is simply this, where and what to look at in 2021 and every day going forward here as we move forward in this new year, if we have this full 363-day complement of uh, days into this year, if this God tarries in his coming. But I want to give you, before we look at three, three places where and what to look at, I want to give you, first of all, what not to look at this morning. And I have to confess here, 1 Corinthians 3.19, the Bible says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. I want to tell you the first thing that we need to quit looking at in 2021. That is, you don't, where to look and where not to look at. Don't look around through the world. This world is not a friend of grace. This world is not a friend of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John said in John chapter 2, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Don't be looking to the world, around the world, for your answers in life. The answers keep changing. The questions keep changing. And uh, I want to remind you of the truth that, that the Bible says that Satan is the God, small g, of this world. Satan is real. Match.com's got it figured out. I don't know if you've seen the commercial now. But yeah, there's a girl with a the, with uh, Satan now, and uh, we've got the horns not even hiding any longer. People say Satan is not real. That's what Satan, that's the first lie Satan wants you to believe, that he's not real. The Bible says he's the God, small g, of this world. He's the prince and the power of the air. 
Some things no longer amaze us, but I remember as a little boy, some of the first things that amazed me was radio. That a, a sound wave could travel through the air and into a box, a radio box or a transistor radio, and you could hear sounds from miles away. It blew my mind. It was long before something called the Internet was ever invented. Something called you know, satellite 70 years ago, whatever it was. I mean, it's amazing to me how we can dial up a phone. I mean, think about it. We take it for granted. We can talk to somebody in 7,000 miles away in India. It zaps up several thousand miles up in uh, an airwave, zaps up to a satellite, zaps down to somebody in India, zaps up to a satellite, down, to, and it all happens in less than a millisecond in our ear. That's amazing. Satellite. He's, there's, there's the power of the air. And Satan is the prince in the power of the air. He's the power of this world. He's the great influencer in this world. And uh, he's the the one that worketh now in the children of disobedience. He, he's the spirit, pardon me, that worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. One of my New Year's uh, reforms is I said, I'm going to not put so many things in the bulletin so for the outline. So you got a very anemic outline. You got eight fill in the blanks this morning. I got about 80 to fill in, but I got eight officially. So I still have my A, Bs, and Cs, and my one, twos, and threes, and my subpoints, and my sub subpoints, and so forth. I want to give you five subpoints this morning here in regards to don't, looking to don't look around to the world for your answers. Don't look around to the world, first of all, for your knowledge. Don't look around to the world for your knowledge. Now, the Bible says the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 1 7, is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is, the Lord says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, of course. And Proverbs 21, 30, 30 says, where, where uh, uh, there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. You see, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I, I'm all for education. I'm all for getting, learning as much as we can learn in this world and so forth. I'm not against education, but I'm against worldly education that takes away from the knowledge of God Almighty. When evolution says that Mother Nature created all things over millions of years, and my Bible tells me that God created the heaven and the earth, I believe God every single time. I believe the Bible. It doesn't matter what, what the knowledge of man says. When man wants to mock the, 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 the creation, or rather the... the Noah and the ark. Uh, I'll take Noah and the ark any day of the year. When that man wants to mock Jonah and the whale, uh, and Jonah and the fish, I'll take the word of God any time of the year, any day of the year. So don't look around this world for your knowledge. The knowledge of this world changes all the time, very conveniently, by the way. Don't look around the world for your wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. And James chapter 3 reminds us that the wisdom of this world descendeth not from above, but is earthly sensual, devilish. It comes from the God of this world, this wisdom of this world that changes. And this wisdom is foolishness with God. Don't look around the world to your, not only your knowledge, for your knowledge in the world and for your wisdom in the world, but don't look to science for your knowledge and for your, the world of science. Science now says in 2021 that there are 121 different genders, unless it changed yesterday. It might be 122 now. Two years ago, a year and a half ago, there was 57 genders. Lo and behold, three or four years ago, there used to only be two genders. It's amazing how science has changed. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.20 to, O Timothy, keep that which thou, 
uh, which uh, is commanded or committed to thy trust, and avoid profane and vain babblings in oppositions of science falsely so called. We've exchanged the Savior for science. Don't look for science to be your answer in life. Science changes. It's interesting how science changes, but the Savior is the same. He's, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't look to the world for your knowledge, for your wisdom, for your science. Don't look to the world for your historical fact or history. This world, you know, it was a long time ago, it used to be for 170 years, there was a president by the name of Abraham Lincoln, I think his last name was. He was, an, he was, called, he was known as the Great Emancipator. In about three days ago, four days ago, December 29th, 2020, in the middle of the night, in Boston, in a park in Boston, they took down his white privileged racist statue because he, he uh, was a racist for sure. And we're going to rewrite history. We have historical revisionism going on in our country. And we're going to take down our, erase our history. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, if we were to turn there for time's sake, let me just encourage you to look at the chapter. The Lord commanded the children of Israel not to forget their history. In Deuteronomy 6 and verse 12, it says, Then beware lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Abraham Lincoln said it this way, his prophetic in his speech, A nation that soon forgets their history will soon cease to be a nation. We're forgetting our history, we're taking, we're erasing our history, we're rewriting it, revamping it, and our kids are learning revisionist lies. You want to know what history is? History is... Now, our kids don't even know this. Now they learn about CE and BCE. Before the common era and the common era, when I was a child, back in the Stone Ages, of course, for many people, of course, we learned about AD, Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, 2021. And BC, before Christ, our calendar, our whole human history is divided on, with the continental divide of the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ is the... The, the divider of all men between the saved and the unsaved, between the lost and the saved. He's, he must be born again by that cross of Calvary, of course. And so we see this history. It's history. You want a two-word definition of one hyphenated word of what history is? History is his story. And God's, he's writing the panoramic view of his story. We see history in Genesis 1-1 all the way to Revelation 22-21. In the beginning, God, that's Elohim, created the heaven and the earth. And now all the way to Revelation 22, 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That's all you need to know about history and everything in between, of course, is wrapped around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the, the person of history. But from the world, we don't get our knowledge. or you Don't look around the world for your knowledge, for your wisdom, for your science, for your history. Nor for your morals. Everybody has morals. The Bible says that America, of course, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people who put their trust in him. But the same Bible says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. We're forgetting our biblical morals and we're replacing them with the modern day morals or mores of the day, this new, new morality. Gender diversity in the workplace is now a must and it must be mainstream. Black lives matter. But if you say blue lives matter, you're somehow a racist. Mask wearing saves lives, but church gatherings kills lives. The Bible says one day in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. We're worried about, I saw a commercial the other day on polar bears. Save the polar bears. 
I'm, I'm thinking out loud and thinking in my mind is the commercials going on. What is there, a polar bear abortion clinic that you've got to save them from? Is there a polar, polar bear uh, drug rehab center that uh, needs to be built up there in North Pole to save the, save the polar bears? We're all about saving the polar bears, but we're all about choice and killing the baby. And this is a new morality that we live in today. I ask you the question, where do you look for your wisdom, for your knowledge, for your science, for your history, for your morals? The Bible says, Romans 1.22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You look at the world and the things that are in, the, in that, and three times in Romans chapter 1, God says, God will forget you. That God turn or turn you over to a reprobate mind, then we do those things that are convenient. You say, "Where's the source of all wisdom?" I'm glad you asked. Psalm 119, verse 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Therefore, I hate every false way. I still believe the Bible to be the word of God. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. And so, this morning, in our theme of looking, don't look around to the world. You get discouraged. You'll get uh, disinterested, you'll get, you'll get uh, dis- disillusioned, and you'll get deceived. And you'll be deceived by the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You'll be deceived about your knowledge, your wisdom, your science, your history, your morals. But I'm going to give you from our text now, verse number two, as we dissect it in the few moments that we have this morning. Three New Testament where's and why, what's to look to. The Bible says, looking... Unto Jesus. Now that looking there is only found one other time, this specific Greek phrase. It's only found one other time in the New Testament. And it means, it means it has the idea of looking away from all else. Don't look at the world. Don't look at the weights. Don't, don't consider the weights. The sin that is so easy to beset us. Cast them away. And let's run, run a race. Run it with patience. And look completely unto Jesus and Jesus alone. I believe salvation is by Jesus only, by receiving Jesus Christ as King and Savior and King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I want to give you three things as we dissect this, this truth of looking all into Jesus. The Bible says looking into Jesus, the author. I want to encourage you as he's the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says that who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I want to tell you on January 3rd, 2021, and going forward, I may encourage you to look backward to Calvary. Look backward to Calvary. In your mind's eyes, can you see what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We touched on it last week. He's the author, God the Father, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to him in the River Jordan, he pointed his finger and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which doesn't cover the sins of the world, doesn't blot out for a year, but taketh away the sins of the world. Do you see the Lamb of God, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world? It was the divine design of God Almighty to send his Son to Jesus Christ to die on the Calvary's cross. The word Calvary or the word Golgotha means the place of the skull. Consider Calvary this morning. Look to the Lamb of God, the song says. Luke 23 and verse 33, if you want a verse. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, the only time we find that word in the Bible, 
There they crucified him. Can you see in your mind's eye the author of Calvary? This morning, the, 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 the Lamb of God which was slain before the foundation of the world. Can you see him? on? He, the Bible says he endured the cross. As a pastor, I have to confess to you, there's been times, it's a small handful of times, three or four times where people have told me, preacher, I, I can't take it. I don't like when you graphically portray or talk about, or a preacher talks about Calvary. It's so gruesome, so graphic. We don't have a crucifix in our church for many reasons. One reason we don't have a crucifix, just one of many, is because when Jesus died on the cross, I don't believe he died with a loincloth on. He died naked for you and I. He was marred more than every, any man that was ever marred. There wasn't a drop of blood that was just streaming from his hands. He was, they, they, before he went to the cross, they plucked out his beard. They platted that crown of thorn upon his head. So goal of crucifixion was maximum torture. For six hours from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m., he hung and bled and died on that cross, a horrible, horrific death. The man's never invented a more heinous death than that of crucifixion. And yet the, the, the physical part of Christ's death I can somewhat comprehend, but this is a part I cannot comprehend and I can't explain to this day. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him, that's God the Father, hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I can't explain it to you. I can just tell you what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when Christ died on that cross, oh yes, it's true, he died for the sins of the whole world, but he died for your sin. Your most heinous sin you've ever committed. And let me force you on, it shouldn't take much prodding and shame on me in one sense, but let me force you to consider for a moment again Go to your deepest buried sin that you've ever committed in your life. Or your besetting sin. And if there was a DVD or a VCR or a hidden camera that could display that on the screen for all to see, how many would want to stay in this room for a millisecond? We couldn't find a hole small enough to crawl into. We would be horrified. I want you to know that Jesus bore in his body. That day he became sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Can't even comprehend that. It's incomprehensible. The preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness, but in us which are saved, it is the power of God and the salvation. Looking at some directions, looking around the world will discourage you. Looking back, Luke 9:62, uh, back at our old lives is not good. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, Jesus said. But looking to Calvary is humbling. Looking to Calvary brings us to our knees and said, God, you're so worthy, you're so righteous. And to think that, as the song says, he did it all for me. What do we look forward to, what do we look back to, rather, in 2021, on just January 3rd, and every day this year? That would be, I think, several times a day, if not a number of times throughout the day, that we think of Calvary. We look back in our mind's eye, and we relive the fact that Jesus died and bore his, bore his body for our sins on the tree then we might have life in him. So we see that he's the author of our faith, despising the cross, and during the, during the cross, despising the shame. But then I want you to notice, not only is he the author, and we need to look to the backward to the Calvary, but secondly, 
we're to look at going forward today and every day going forward and what to look at in 2021. Looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2, the author and finisher, finisher of our faith. I want to encourage you, when Jesus died on the cross, he said one word in the Greek language, three words in our English language. He said, to Telstai, he said, it is finished. Jesus paid it all, of course. And I want you to notice that it says that he, he's the finisher of our faith and that he went and he looked at the last part of verse number two. He sat down at the right hand of God on the th- uh, right hand of the throne of God. I think for a few moments, I've been at the Capitol many times in my life, a number of several times I've toured the Capitol building. I've sang uh, the doxology twice now. I've sang it right at Ground Zero, the Capitol building there, with the, in one, one case with several hundred people, another time with just a handful, a dozen of people, the, the state the House of Representative chaplain. We sang Praise God from whom all blessings flow, and it's that rotunda is so high that it can take the Statue of Liberty inside the building and still have 40 feet left in the building. Some of you have been there, you know what I'm talking about. And the echo is just incredible. And I've sang there, and I've got to walk with where a place where very few people have ever walked to. I walked out the, the east face of the, to the balcony there where the president has his inaugural address where he swears allegiance to the Constitution of the United States of America and to the protection of our country. And I've stood on that balcony and I looked a mile and a half straight ahead to ground zero of Washington, D.C., the Washington Monument, 555 foot high. And the top where it says, Lost Deus, or to, to, to the glory of God. And beyond that, another mile and a half to the Lincoln Memorial. And I've stood where very few people have stood, and I got the chills in my body as I, on my spine as I realized I'm standing where the president, the most powerful man in the whole world, stands and pledges allegiance to this great country at the epicenter of ground zero. One day, in Isaiah chapter 6, Jesus, or rather Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. In the year that King Uzziah had died, he said, he saw the Lord high and lifted up and he saw the seraphims. They covered their eyes and covered their faces and they, they, they cried all day long, every day for all eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I'm going... I've never met the president of the United States. I've never met the vice president. I've met a lot of senators. I've met a lot of representatives. I've met a lot of so-called famous people. But one day, I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand at his throne. I'm going to be in his throne room. Right now, his throne room is in my heart. And he's in my heart. But see, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one we looked up to the throne. Jesus paid it all. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He's our sacrifice once for all. He died on the cross of Calvary, never to have to die again. By the way, you can't lose your salvation. If you could lose your salvation, Christ would have to die again for your sin all over again. But he died once, and that was the perfect, perfect sacrifice for our sins. He's our perfect sacrifice. He's our perfect Savior, and he's our perfect and our last high priest. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth, to make intercession for them. You see, I'm a citizen of heaven. I have a great high priest. And one day he's going to say to me, come up hither. 
And I'm going to come and be, be at his throne forever and ever and ever. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author. Look back to Calvary, backward to Calvary. The finisher of our faith, look upward to the throne. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. It means make nothing of it. Make nothing of the shame. He died willingly, for, gladly for you and I that we, we, we might have life. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God the Father. And then the Bible says, for consider him, verse number three. I want you to consider thirdly this morning as we close out this first Sunday of the year. Jesus, if you look around this world here, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get disoriented. You're going to get disillusioned. You're going to get uh, deceived. But if you look backward to Calvary, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be humbled that Christ would die for your sins, all your sins. When you look upward to the throne, you'll be enthralled to think that one day we're going to be in his very presence. But then thirdly, I want you to know what do we need to look forward to? We need to look forward to his coming again. Look forward to his coming. Coming again, coming again, again, maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, but it will be soon, the song says. The Bible says, look forward to his coming. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I was a boy when I started going to church and I, as a young 11-year-old, and then we went sporadically about once a year for thereafter until I was 16 or 17 years of age. The Lord got a hold of my heart. But I was, I think it was 11, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old when I first heard the coming that Jesus Christ was going to come back to this earth one day. I was just a junior higher in the early 70s, when 71, 72, when the Vietnam War was ending and winding down. And we thought that the Lord was going to come back soon. Then I remember fast forwarding to uh, that, that time. It seemed such a long ways off in 72 to think of the year 2000. Remember Y2K? Huh. Man, the whole world was going to stop and end and so forth, and all the computers were going to go defunct. And, and uh, what were we going to do when the clock start, stopped ticking, of course? And we got through Y2K, and here it is 21 years later. And the Bible says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Another message, another time, maybe soon here we'll park a little bit on some prophetic messages. But 2020 was a year like no other for sure. 2021 might be more the same. Might be worse, I don't know. I don't want to be a personal prophet. But I know we have Matthew 24 in the book. There's here wars and rumors of wars and Deceivings, and I know we have Revelation 13 in the book. The Bible says there'll be come a day very soon when no man will be able to buy or sell without a mark. You're going to have to have a mark. That's Revelation 13. Saying Thessalonians 2 says there'll be, he's not coming until there's a falling away first. The Holy Spirit is taken out of this world, and every child of God is taken away in the rapture. Can you imagine what this world's going to be like with no Christians in it? Man, I'm glad I won't be here to find out, to know. I'll be with the Lord. But we need to, I see, and I have eight, eight, eight I'm going to just give you a sound bite, not even, just the words, just for time's sake. I see the signs. The signs of the times are everywhere. There is now a brand new feeling in the air. 
I see the signs of the times. It's easy for the children of God. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. He that eyes to see, let him see. But the wicked shall not understand. They'll be in this delusion. I see the signs. I see the sin. Because iniquity shall abound, love of many shall wax cold. Many uh, give our seniors a pass, and they give those people with comorbidities, as it's called, a pass, in regards to the fact that they're not in churches, not only in our church, but churches all over America and around the world today. Are, I see a lot of green, and I see a lot of empty pews here, and we've seen that all year long, thanks to a, a, a virus, or at least a perceived virus for sure, if not a real virus. And, but I, I see... For some people, an excuse, a handful of people, maybe more than a handful of people, the, the excuse of just sin is staying out of church because they have an excuse. I see the signs. I see the sin. I see the sickness. Oh, there's plenty of sickness. COVID-19 is going to turn to be, to be COVID-20 and then COVID-21, I'm afraid, and COVID-22. There's sickness and pestilences and diseases, no doubt about it. I see the so-called science. They say, look to the science instead of look to the Savior. I see the schisms and divisions. There's division among our, the family members and our own family members. There's division among Christians even. There's divisions among the, our neighbors and our brethren. I see the scheming and the scamming, the, the, the deceivableness, all, all deceivableness. And I see the scoffers in Second Peter chapter five, 3 and verse 15, Bible, verse 5 rather. The Bible says, In the last days there will be scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. And so I see, as never before, in the last 12 months preceding this day, I see the signs of the times are everywhere. I see the sin that's abounding. I see sickness. I see people looking to science for their answer for as their God. I see schisms. I see divisions. I see scheming. I see deceivableness and see scamming. And I see the scoffers. But if I'm going to be a victor in 2021, if you're going to be a victor in 2021, we've got to lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, all unto Jesus. Look to, backward to Calvary. Look forward to the throne. Look upward to, or upward to the throne. Look forward to his coming. I've been hearing this coming of Christ now for 45 years of my life. He doesn't come back. One thing I know is coming is nearer today than ever before. And uh, I'm not sure if the rapture is going to happen in my lifetime, or for that matter, your lifetime. I'm not sure if it's going to happen in 2021. I'd like to, if I was a Ben man, I'd put some money on it. <laughs> I could be wrong. I might lose some money. We may have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ longer than we want to. But I want to let you know, 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 for one thing, I want to run my way through patience. I want to finish my course well. And we can do that. You can do that because he's the author and finisher of our faith. What a God we serve. Let's have a word of prayer this, on this first Sunday of 2021. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, when we look at the world, we get discouraged. We get disillusioned and we get even deceived. But Lord, when we get when we look at you, dear God, we get encouraged, we get enthralled, we get humbled by the cross of Calvary, we get enthralled by the throne of grace, we get uh, enamored and look forward to with great anticipation your coming. Lord, I pray for people within the sound of this voice here this morning, that dear God, today on January 3rd, 2021, maybe it's a day of decision. Decision determines destiny. Maybe today is the day of salvation for someone
dear God. Maybe today is a day of rededication for a child of God. Have your will and way until you come again, dear God. Help us to be found faithful, we pray. Bless as we sing a verse of invitation, and Lord, speak to hearts, we ask. Do a work of grace, Holy Spirit of God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand, page two it is in the hymn book, page number two. And this all stands, this thing the first, and we have time.